0: Did you hear me playing a game with them?
1: I heard something.
0: We were playing. Is this a cat toy?
1: Oh, and the answer to probably everything is yes. <laughs> I mean, Waffle answers yes.
0: This isn't a cat toy.
1: Oh, well, Waffle thinks it's a cat toy.
0: Not when we were playing. Oh, I just want to. He likes the bubbles. Yeah. I actually kept reading. Put get your head out of there. Don't you do you it. Kept reading. I don't know. I was feeling yeah. It, was, it sort of ends in the
1: middle of a thing.
0: Well, no. I was just like, I can do this, and then I was like, Ugh, can't. But I was feeling like I just want to power through this and like get this over. With. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we read a lot. Did we read more than normal?
1: Well, those foot, those end notes. I think it, it was only. I mean, it was seventy pages, seventy three pages, seventy four pages be exact which i think is pretty on target
0: yeah and you know sometimes i like write something down and then
1: Mm -hmm.
0: upon reflection i'm like that's not that interesting
1: oh
0: (laughs) all right hey kate hi
1: welcome back (laughs) thanks for having
0: me oh you're so welcome
1: (laughs) you're surrounded by uh (laughs) boxes and cats i kind of like it yeah I guess it's a race to see can we finish this book and this podcast before before we move oh. before Eric and I move.
0: You move the first? No, uh, sometime in-, in December. It'd be nice to finish it before you move.
1: Yeah, huh? So,
0: what's the math on that?
1: Uh, so I guess it depends whether we because of last week we have two and a half weeks worth left. <gasps> so we could do it as two and a half weeks, which also runs us into Thanksgiving. Oh. So we could do it as two and a half weeks. We could do it as a week and then a week and a half worth in a week, or we could do it as two weeks, take Thanksgiving off, and then come back with a half a week, you know, just 35 pages and then, and then a wrap up in there. Think on it. Yeah. Think on it. So we don't have to decide today. So this time, we read pages 728 to 801. We got back up to a full week's worth. Yes. Chicago Public Schools are back in session.
0: Not tomorrow and Monday,
1: though. Oh. Boo. <laughs> Sad face. Sad <laughs> face. <laughs> how does week go for you? Great. What'd you think about this section? That was great. It was great. I like mean... Like, great in terms of the process, or actually, like, great, great? just like <laughs> fine it wasn't a giant pain to read or you were actually like oh okay ooh what's going on ooh it, that's information
0: it wasn't a giant pain to read and it, it was interesting okay how about you
1: yeah um it feels it, it, like it feels like we're we're headed towards something yeah. things are Picking up. are building but also i realized <laughs> at the end, it was a nice round number we ended on page eight hundred and one. There are a hundred and eighty pages left. There that's is there is a a plenty good sized novel left. Mm-hmm. If I handed you a hundred and eighty page book, you'd be like, Oh that's a that's a thin novel. Mm-hmm. But you could imagine plenty happening in a hundred and eighty page novel. Yeah. So like
0: But I think at this point, you're just so grateful to see the end that you're like,
1: well, what I'm, st- I,
0: I don't know why I'm talking in third person.
1: <laughs> well, what I'm starting to get,
0: <laughs> given
1: how long, uh, how much stuff there is in this book, I'm actually, and at this point, I'm starting to wonder what isn't going to come back. Like, yeah, what we're not going like, to get resolution oh, on stuff that oh, I was that sure
0: that I had to read it back at 300 or whatever.
1: Yeah, like I'm remembering, um, yours truly. Do you remember that? That, that? What's that? That was that. It was way <laughs> back in the first 150 pages or something, and there was the section that was written in the first person from somebody who had a very just, who was some sort of street criminal. Maybe we even know who they. Maybe we've even met them now but we don't know who they are. I
0: don't remember that at all.
1: And it was a whole, like it was very stylized. It was from their sort of semi-dialect. They were like, you know, it was their like street lingo. I'm, yeah. yeah. And thing. I was like, oh, this is probably going to like, it's this is so distinctive. This is probably going to come back.
0: That's when you were still optimistic.
1: Well, or just making assumptions. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, no, it hasn't. And, and this may be one of those things we could look up of like, you know, oh, it turns out that character. Yeah, you, like there we were just... clues that would let you know that it's poor Tony Krause or something or something or something.
0: When we do our postmortem, yeah. We
1: can... But seems to have just disappeared. You know, certainly that that first person narrative from that person has not come back.
0: Yeah, I guess I don't hold a lot of hope out for those. I just kind of like let it go. Okay. Like, I mean, you you. Pointed out to me that, you know, someone from the beginning was actually an in house person. So it's possible. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure they are all interconnected, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, like, who cares? Like, does okay. it matter?
1: No, I guess not. Just let's get to the end of it. <laughs> get to the end of it and find out that the book itself well, I mean, is I'm, the entertainment. And then... I'm
0: just being like, I don't know what I'm mean. being. I'm, I guess. You know, don't let perfect be the enemy of good.
1: True. True.
0: I don't know if that applies to what I'm trying to say, but I'm just like, let right. forge ahead. Forge
1: ahead. Should I do the rundown? Um, you took notes. I took do you, notes. Do you have notes you want to hit?
0: Uh, well, we can go through them as we get there. Well, I did do, I don't know when to bring this up. Maybe okay. I should bring it up right now. Bring it up right now. Today, I had, like, a moment, and so – and I didn't have this book on me, and so I – You don't just carry this around? (laughs) I keep forgetting. And I don't want to tear it up for some reason because it feels like an accomplishment that I want to be able to be, like, hold it. Anyway, uh, so I was Googling is what I wanted to – what I was setting out to Google was, is infinite just – racist okay but then like it autofilled for me sure and i can't remember what it was but it was like I, they were funny and so like i clicked on them and there are just so many like it was making me giggle like people being like am i too stupid for this book which is something that i said and then reading someone's like overview of reading it and uh you know how it Just all of the reactions that you have to this book. Mm -hmm. But I did try and find something about racism. And granted, this was a very light internet research. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So this is not in-depth. But a lot of the people who write about infinite jest and racism Mm -hmm. are like people in this book. And that they're like super academic and they can't just come out and say something. They have to be super wordy about it. And then two different people, a male and a female academic, who have written and studied David Foster Wallace, uh, both said, oh, is he a misogynist? Probably, but we all are. I'm a misogynist. My friends are misogynists. And I was like, two different people, like one about misogyny, one about racism. And I was like, I just wanted someone to be like, yeah. (laughs) And uh, one article had written by a Hispanic man did kind of get into it a little bit more (laughs) directly. And but he also had like, like, yeah, he struck, you know, like just. Oh, I don't know. is just it wasn't as cotton dry as I wanted. Everybody just wants to debate this, and I'm like, it's okay to just say, well
1: I should just I should write you an article that says yes, he's racist and misogynist
0: <laughs> uh uh, so yeah, so yeah. it was it's funny to read people's reactions to this book. Oh, I know what it was. it was it's hard for academics to debate this book without sort of like drawing in all his other work. Mm-hmm. So like if his other work has merit, but this is a problematic book, like it's like they can't separate them. Mm-hmm. So, and having never read any of his other stuff, I don't know. Yeah. But other people say that his essays and whatnot are good.
1: Yeah. I hear, you know, his, his nonfiction stuff. Yeah. is the stuff I've read of it, I've enjoyed. It seems to be, you know, it's a little wordy, but clever and and personal. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's a weird question. I mean, since this is fiction, and it's fiction from multiple points of view, I'm coming around to that. My complaints about an omniscient third-person narrator, you know, it's like very obvious that each section is from that person's point of view. And so there's a – you you could debate – like is I you know we'll never know was David Foster Wallace racist and misogynist right like he's not around to talk to about his feelings oh, I think
0: he was a misogynist okay so uh,
1: granted you know I'll just you know but it's like I I have my strong opinion that I've expressed, many times on this thing like i feel even the you know uh, uh, one could try to defend this and say no he's not racist he's accurately describing the thought processes of other people who are racist and it's important to think about that but i
0: (laughs) but that's not that's not
1: but i think the way i think the way he's describing the thoughts of racists is itself so so stereotypical that it's not any deep insight into the thoughts of racist people. It is just, I think it's poorly written and kind of racist.
0: But it's also the portrayal of people of color are all marginal and all, you know, like... Yeah, that he never gives us... There's never a black person who isn't, like, a drug addict or or all the black people in this novel are Well, we, there's
1: nobody we don't get anything we barely get anything from the point of view of a person of color. Right. And the, right? One, and and the, the ones we that he do does, it's like mm, yeah. Nice try. Like the whole Hit cli- uh, miss, Wardine miss. um or what or, or Clinet the whole Clinet section when we first, you know, yeah. that stuff. It's like you know, uh in that looking back at that I don't know if we want to call this out, but, and you can tell me to cut this out. When we read the Clinette section very first, I was like, I think this is an attempt to do a black dialect. And you said, no, I think it's an attempt to write someone who's mentally disabled. Mm-hmm. And I think that shows how racist okay. it is that his attempt to write black in, 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 and then we find out, nope, that's a black person like that. His attempt to write black dialect could be confused for someone who's mentally disabled.
0: Yeah. And there are th- debates online about that section and his fans defend it. And other people are like, eh, yeah. not not so much. Yeah. I do want to say one overarching thing. Yes. That I was right.
1: What were you right about? That... I mean, everything, of course, all the time, Kate. But what what in particular this time?
0: Joelle is disfigured because yes. of her father's chemistry, which mm. I guess isn't like, I mean, they say it over and over and over again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, but Be- I called it. You did. <laughs> I mean, small victories. <laughs> Duh. Which
1: okay. I guess is, well, we'll get there, but I'm almost gratified of like, it's, it's a tiny point of like, oh, good. It's the fact that she's in the UHID is not because she's too gorgeous to look upon. Mm-hmm. But
0: she's actually
1: she's actually disfigured. So plunging in any, any more notes? No. Great. So we start out. We're back with Lentz, who has we're, we're doing we're interleaving a bunch of little things, as we often do. And we sort of doing little time jumps between them. So Lentz, when we last saw him, was trailing two Chinese women who are mm-hmm. carrying some bags, and now he has stolen the bags, mm-hmm. and he's uh, trying to get away. I, uh, I wrote down the sentence, it was somewhere vague between 2224 and 2226H, which is a 24-hour time way of writing the time. It's a three-minute span. That means it was twenty two twenty five. It was ten twenty five p.m. <laughs> like
0: never miss an opportunity to write a bunch of words yeah. when you could have written a few.
1: Yeah. Does that? Don't do it. Like well, that's just always like, add more words. Always add more words. Uh, so, um,
0: I can ow call off this cat. Ugh. I do not control that cat. <laughs> I, <can't. laughs> I thought the sweater would protect me. Does anything significant happen in that section? Because, like, he grabs the bags and then, uh, what?
1: Well, and then he's going down an alley and he is stared down by four children children of color um, who are smoking crack in a dumpster.
0: Is that what they were doing? Yeah. Oh, I thought they were trying to hijack a truck.
1: No, I think it was talk about how the trucks weren't hijackable and then they're, they're – Smoking something or something, and he notes that they're not using a glass bottle like one would usually use, but using some other kind of bottle, like a plastic yeah, bottle or I something. that? So, it's some good, it's some good racism. Yeah, nothing happens, uh, and he just. Do we
0: find out what's in the bags? No, no,
1: no. He walks off screen, and does he
0: pass by Tony Kraus?
1: Yes, there's a a very tiny moment. Uh, there's a a sound that he hears that the semi omniscient. See, this is the stuff that bugs me, right? Is like the narrator of that section is sort of over Lens's shoulder. So when Lens t- uses derogatory the, the narrator uses derogatory terms for the um I don't even want to look up what it is for the Chinese women. Right. Or
0: or or, or, nortoids, or nor or nort it was something like well, it was
1: like chinky or something. Oh.
0: There was another one that was like
1: Yeah. So the narrator says, like, chinky, I don't even know if that's, and, and we're like, ugh, that's, like, you know, but then the excuse is, oh, but that's, the the narrator is, is with um, Lentz, so it's from his point of view. But then halfway down the page, Lentz hears a sound that Lentz has no idea what it is, but the narrator tells us that it's poor Tony Krause knocking over a garbage can while he's running away with the... Purses that he has stolen. Mm. And it's just but continues to bug me. Like the narrator knows things that Lens doesn't know, but is also, from his point of view, like it just bugs me.
0: It's experimental.
1: Uh, it's experimental.
0: I do have to agree with you that the endnotes do have their own voice.
1: But that voice seems to change. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And we'll get to end some endnotes. So then Oh, so now our worlds are colliding. Marath is at Ennet House. So I the- like
0: this section because because through Marath's eyes we see how awful Ennet House is. Mm-hmm. None of the other descriptions of Ennet House described how sad, dirty and like gross mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. And it felt like a real like like a real honest uh, I <laughs> can talk with my hands um uh, it just it was just refreshing because mm-hmm. it felt like a very clear view that we hadn't seen before
1: mm-hmm. do you know what i mean yeah okay yeah i'll take it i thought the guy who talks that, that thinks that everything is robots or everybody's robots and there's only six twenty-six 26 real people in the world mm-hmm. i wrote down settle down dfw Like, (laughs) why? I don't know. I mean, this is an old complaint at this point in the book, but it's just like, okay, we get it. The, you know, oh, the, the Ennett House might have some crazy people in it. Like, all right, fine. Yeah. Just feel like there was like six robots too many. Like, it could it could be just a little bit less. So then Joel Van Dyne is cleaning her room in the Ennett house. And then she's met remembering the incandenza's and her relationship with Oren. And so she's sort of flashbacking flashback memorying through um, living with Oren and then starting to work with Jim. Um, is that
0: where they go into the dinner?
1: Yeah. So it's, you know, again, I, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to get hung up on exactly when things happen, but yeah, it's because this is sort of interleaved here. We come back to her a couple times.
0: I oh I wrote down uh Joel is creeped out by Oren's nicknames for his dad mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting because we all know that her daddy is super creepy.
1: Right. Yeah, she's real I noted noted. She's real harsh on Oren who she was in a relationship with. She's um does a lot of, you know, like oh, his relationship with his parents is totally messed up when yeah. she's kind of totally <laughs> like, oh. like i mean maybe that's i guess real I guess <laughs> of like people being like that. you know oh well okay so that but,
0: brings me to oh did i cut you off no yeah, I, I, so, it brings but, me to the point of i don't know if it's at this exact point but where she he takes her back to his family for dinner to meet his family for the first time mm-hmm. and i love that section because it's such a common thing when you're meeting someone's family for the first time and they don't realize how odd their own family is, Mm -hmm. but you as an outsider can see it. Mm -hmm. And again, it's like another outside perspective of a situation that we are, Totally familiar with, but now we have it from a different perspective, and you can understand it better because she's objective. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean?
1: Well, or I mean, I guess I don't even know if she's objective. I wrote down um Rashomon of of family relationships, right? That she just has a completely different view. I don't know that she's objective. Like, for example, I'll I'll say like her she calls Mario, you know, his retarded little brother, right? And we having re- been with Mario all through this, we think of Mario as odd and we think of Mario as different but of having an intelligence, of having an emotional intelligence doing the camera work. But
0: isn't that the first time that she meets him? Maybe. So, yeah.
1: But this is also her memory, right? She she's not she. this is but, her present memory so she, it's all if she was like his brother who at the time i thought was
0: but they've it is mentioned earlier that mario doesn't know her that well oh, yeah i guess so right yeah because he doesn't recognize her voice from the time he's been with her so mm-hmm. i'm gonna argue that yes she called him retarded but maybe the first time you meet him that would be an assumption wrong word to use
1: yeah, I'm using I am using David Foster Wallace's word here. I'm <laughs> quoting David Foster Wallace in this regard. Yeah. Or I'm quoting Janelle and like, Van Dyne. You know. how
0: like annoying little brother. Mm-hmm. Which, you know,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: He he probably probably, probably he was. was. And and I also like the fact that um her take on the moms. Mm-hmm. What was her take on the moms? She just felt that she was sinister and that she didn't like her.
1: Yeah. Yeah, she, she felt creeped out by her.
0: Which I find really interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. And doesn't say any, and calls out that, that it's not any one behavior, right. that she's perfectly gracious, she's perfectly nice, she includes that she does fulfill this, that Oren, when when Joelle and Oren and James and Condenza go out for dinner, just the three of them, that it's very, that Oren is super awkward and then afterwards says, like, I wish my mom was there because she's the peacemaker in the family and she keeps everything going and then when they have the family dinner joelle notes that she does that like she interme- keeps the conversation flowing she's intermediate between everybody keeps things from being awkward like call- fulfills all those roles that that orin is calling out as a good thing orin think that's a good thing but is super creeped out by her.
0: i guess i i really understand that feeling where someone can be really good like on paper mm-hmm. like if you were to like write a transcript of everything you say you be like oh this is fine but then like when you're in the room with them, you're like something's not fine mm-hmm. and i think that's authentic mm-hmm. description which i guess i don't often i guess i haven't felt that way very much about this book but then at this point i also realized that we never and maybe this is like a big duh for me, but I mean, we probably won't have it from the moms or the dads' perspective, mm, right? Right. Like there's not never, that much
1: time left, and only we've never seen pages. through
0: their perspective.
1: Yeah, the this. only time we've seen through we've seen young Jim and Condenza's perspective. Oh, that's right. Right. He. We've read an essay that he wrote about his own childhood, and we've seen him as a child with his dad currently. Yeah, we've never really seen anything from Avril's point of view. She's been a it took a long time for her to be even really present in any sort of conversation, and we haven't yet seen anything from her point of view.
0: I guess that's why I'm sort of latching on to Joel's take on her, because we're sort of piecing her together very slowly mm-hmm. and you know, it looks like of course they're creating her to be some sort of monster or the root of all their problems and that's the other thing like okay you could say yeah your parents are always going to be the source of what's wrong with you Mm -hmm. right but there's something about their dad that because he's an alcoholic and he's absent and emotionally absent all that stuff he's sort of like in the distance off even though he did this horrible thing that like disrupted everybody's lives the suicide but the mom seems to be like a more ready target
1: yeah she's the only i mean in the sort of present tense of the book she's the only one still around we don't know any i mean there's just this yeah she's she she all the things she's listed as doing are just sort of subtle emotional things not anything you know we know that hal is con, is still trying to No, Oren was trying to live up to his father's expectations and now his father's gone so he'll never be able to fulfill living up to those expectations right like so he's just not talking to the mother so he's not even interacting with her anymore
0: interfacing yeah oh <laughs> not even interfacing okay oh wait but, can i s- one other thing sure this section of course a word
1: oh you've got a word
0: No, i i don't i didn't write down the definition Oh, uh, greebles
1: greebles so that the greebles is a made-up word it is. I'm on page 738 with yeah. the word Griebels. Griebels had been her own mother's word for the little bits of sleepy goo you got in your eyes' corners. Did you
0: Google it? No. It's a real thing.
1: Oh. Like other people use that same word? Yeah, it's a real to mean word. The... Okay.
0: Not for that.
1: Oh, for what? You don't know because um, you forgot.
0: Griebels are um, used in... I mean, it, yeah, it's not the way it's used in the book, but it's used in... Facial recognition when they want to test if you can tell the difference from things, but they don't want it to be um, male or female. Okay. Anyway, look it up. Okay. We'll we'll look it up. (laughs) It's interesting. All right. And Griebel's, I don't know. It really caught my attention. Okay. Anyway, carry on.
1: Carry on. I wrote down, two in this, uh, the reason I'm on page 738 is in this section, there's a good... I mean, we're talking all about this, you know, perspective on families and there's a a pair of a paragraph and then a sentence that is never trust a man on the subject of his own parents as tall and basso as a man might be on the outside. He nevertheless sees his parents from the perspective of a tiny child still and will always and the unhappier his child would, the more arrested will be his perspective on it. She's learned this through sheer experience. And then there's, the, then there's a paragraph about Grebles being eye boogers. Uh, and then it says, though it's not as if you could trust parents on the subject of their memory of their children either. And so. Yeah. No. I thought that was.
0: There's. There are a lot of nice things. Yeah. Oh, okay. Here's a brief uh, definition of Griebles. Okay. It's a fine detail. De- a fine detailing added to the surface of a larger object to make it appear more complex and more visually interesting. So that's like one way. But then if you dig into Griebel's and in, uh, psychology and stuff, it's, it's kind of interesting. Hmm. Okay, cool. So I guess a Griebel is an extra, I mean a booger is like an extra added thing to the surface. So it's kind of...
1: Does that predate David Foster Wallace's use of that? Or do you know what the origin of that is? Do you know the etymology? Oh, well let me is it from ask the Greek for...
0: Wikipedia uh it predates david foster wallace all right. it's from star wars
1: it's from star wars <laughs> <laughs> okay i wonder if david foster wallace got it from star wars <laughs> great all right david foster wallace uh so then we jump back to marath uh going through intake at uh and at house so again it's just sort of you know we sort of probably remember it in a flow but it's being chopped up into he's in the waiting room and then he's going into the being Mm -hmm. called into the room by um what's her pants the director Mm -hmm. uh and then we jump back to joe van dyne there's more family more cleaning um then we jump back to marath who thinks a lot about almost killing a bunch of people because he spots uh some uh cartridges, cartridges which seems which in this world of uh Seems a little dangerous that he's thinking of almost killing this woman who's the director of the house who's, you know, in taking him because he spots some cartridges because these are the equivalent of VHS tapes. Mm-hmm. So if you like wandered in to there's dozens of halfway houses in Boston mm-hmm. You go, and you're searching for this particular person, you have no idea. Like anywhere you wandered into and you may be like, oh, my God, there's VHS tapes here. I'd better kill everyone here and confiscate them all. You would wipe out every goodwill. In, in, <laughs> okay. You know, and you wander into this halfway house. He hasn't even, does he hasn't even, he doesn't know for certain that Joel Van Dyne is there.
0: Probably at that point, no. Well.
1: I don't think so. There's like a hint that there is an, there is another resident who's also wearing a veil yeah. of the UHID, but he doesn't know that it's Joel. And so.
0: Okay, here's my take. Okay. He's very tired. Yes. And that is a big thing. He's very tired and he just, his English is bad when he's tired and um, he's trying to, he doesn't want to spend the night there. And so for me, his theory, like thinking about killing somebody had more to do with his fatigue and his grumpiness. Mm Mm-hmm. okay all right my take on it all right
1: cool (laughs) uh we then cut to mario filming around the tennis academy he films uh coach shit sleeping yeah i'm sure the joke is exactly that sophisticated (laughs) he films some tennis teens has an annoying conversation with one of them and then he goes and talks to his mother to avril um, and they have a long, circular conversation about sadness, where he's trying to ask her about
0: how to interpret ha- sadness. How to
1: interpret sadness, and she's talking to him very academically
0: and trying to like figure second a, guess him. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. And then, and then we jump to Mario talking to Hal. They're talking past each other. They're talking about. And and how re- reveals that he's been uh, hasn't been honest with Mario that he's been using drugs. He's been smoking a lot of marijuana.
0: Are a lot we of supposed Bob to Bob Hope? It took me a minute to get the joke about giving up all hope. Mm. But I got it. Okay. Um. Oh, are we supposed to like like is this some sort of big character development for Hal that he's admitting that he smokes weed?
1: Well, I think it it, it I guess it kind of is because of what we know happens a few scenes later, right? This is part of his process of admitting it to himself and to others.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Right. <laughs> um, cuz, you know, spoiler for a few scenes from now is he tries to go to a a, a, meeting. a meeting. Um to an NA meeting. Yeah, so yeah, so I guess it's a, you know, it's sort of a we're we're coming to this gradually a little bit pretty fast actually we're coming to this pretty fast for this book
0: no, right that within okay. 70
1: pages we go from hey i'm smoking a bunch of weed all the time to hey i'm gonna try to go to a meeting maybe i have a problem yeah
0: i also think that the description of withdrawal from marijuana is having a lot of saliva in your mouth odd i don't know if that's is that true
1: yeah i i don't know
0: all
1: right um i wouldn't know i've never withdrawn saying i'm high all the time oh (laughs) that's that was a joke the joke was that i've smoked um anyway yeah okay so then an odd jump so we just left marath trying to decide whether or not to stay the night at uh and at house and thinking about killing everybody there and now he's in a bar with kate gompert
0: yeah.
1: yeah post she's just post her mugging And he's, I guess, just post coming back from the deciding not to stay the night
0: and feeling very sad,
1: feeling very sad. And,
0: And we learn all about Marath.
1: Yeah, we learn all about Marath and we learn about his wife, who we've heard about very briefly. I mean, we've heard a lot. We know that we've heard it in the context of like that he's doing everything he's doing, being a quadruple agent.
0: But to save his wife
1: to save his wife and And now
0: we the impression is oh she's like
1: yeah the diabetic or
0: something or well we know that
1: she's in the hospital we i think we even have heard that she doesn't have a skull that's been mentioned before but it's always very brief it's always very i guess i maybe maybe this is everything stuff i filled in myself it, the mentions are so brief, but the notion of like, oh, he loves her so much, you know, that they've had some, something like they've had a long, they had a long ma- marriage and now she's sick.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, maybe that's what, yeah. That's and a good now we find
1: out that from the moment he met her, she's a, a monster Yeah. with, you know, the, the such a grotesque detail as one of these many grotesque details in here that she has no skull and so her entire head is super floppy. And when, like, when he first like meets she her. She
0: can't hold her. She has no face.
1: She has no face. Yeah. And is just, you and know. And there that,
0: are other things, too, which I can't remember. Yeah.
1: That she's all sorts done. of health problems because of this, but then she leaks cerebral fluid yeah. through her. Like, oh, it's just super gross. And that she's maybe never even, you know, it's questionable whether, you know, how uh, cognizant she is of anything. And that she's been in a coma, like, from like right after their, she makes it through their wedding ceremony. And then after that is in the hospital, kind of like right away. Like that, that,
0: yeah,
1: that, and that he, his love for her is that he even like tries to leave because his, he himself is horrified by this. And then is, is that this love is not for that
0: she gives him meaning. Yeah. Because without her, it's like, um, what do you do like when you're doing something nice for somebody altruism altruism like without her there to balance out his grief at life of being uh what do you call it quadru-
1: oh well he's an amputee
0: amputee <laughs> amputee because you learn that he was super depressed yeah until he saw her and saved her from crossing a highway yep and that is the thing that keeps him going
1: right but it's totally, yeah, it's totally, like, assigned and artificial. It has nothing to do with her. They have no relationship. Yeah. No. He's simply assigned meaning to this other person. Like, she could be, like, there's nothing about her. She's an object to him.
0: I don't know. I guess it's kind of, isn't life kind of arbitrary like that, though?
1: I mean, the hope would be is that when you love somebody, it's the the other person like in communication with you and of course you can never fully know another person etc etc but like at the very least you hope for like communication there doesn't really seem to be like communication between them like
0: no no i mean like arbitrary in the sense of what you choose to give your life meaning like everybody chooses something right religion family work yeah
1: well this just seems super arbitrary There's arbitrary, and then there's, like, super arbitrary. But
0: that's this. this. I guess he's David Foster Wallace is calling it
1: out. I guess he's really... It's
0: the human condition, Fuzzy. He's
1: teaching us a lesson.
0: That's what this book is about, the human condition. Oh, okay, I guess so, sure.
1: You know, when you fall in love with a woman with no skull, as often happens in the human condition.
0: Well, I can understand why you would have a problem with that, because... You love your wife I love, so much. And she has a skull. <laughs> that It's hard for you to understand why someone would classify this as love. But yeah. Right?
1: Yes. Maybe?
0: That's <sighs> my take on it. Okay. My take on this. My take on you. Oh, wow.
1: Okay. <laughs> my problem is that I love my wife.
0: I said that in a very accusatory tone. Yeah. Not necessarily. I
1: don't know. All right.
0: I keep, like, starting to say something and then losing enthusiasm for it before I get to the end of the sentence. (laughs)
1: Got to plow through. Okay. Share your feelings. I have some notes here.
0: Oh, I have a note. What's your note? (laughs) Thanks for the end note. Oh. Uh, End note 308.
1: What's end note 308?
0: We learn what POV stands for. Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I was like, okay, sure. (laughs) I guess there might be somebody out there who doesn't know what POV is. Thanks. Well, yeah, like don't tell us. What was what the one I had to look Google? Like, rank has its privileges, right? Rhid. Um, I, oh, I yeah. Well, that, that was something in about like somebody getting some benefit in the tennis school because they'd won a first place or something. Oh or something, yeah. And it was yeah. like you know like. Well, you know, R-H-I-D, no no end note to tell us what that meant. That very common acronym, R-H-I-D. But sure, P-O-V, yeah, okay. Point of of view. Okay, great. (laughs) I did write down about, I forget. Wait, I have another note. Yes.
0: I realized from one of this mixture of these sections that Orin calls his dad the mad stork because he has bad posture.
1: Yeah, he's very tall but hunched over. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Was That's good. Okay, good. <laughs> that was good for me.
1: Awesome. <laughs> we cut back to Mario and Hal. Hal tells – oh, this is where he tells him about the smoking and about that he uh, – about that there was going to be a drug test after the escheton incident, mm-hmm. but that Pemulus – uh, got them out of it for 30 days. And it's not really even for Pemulus. The kind of drugs that Pemulus is on will be out of his system in a couple days, but that it's more for uh, Hal, who has been smoking a lot of weed that will take at least 30 days to get out of his system. Oh. So he has to stay off marijuana for 30 days.
0: Did he say directly that Pemulus did that for him?
1: Yes. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I mean,
0: for Clara. Well, yeah. <laughs> I didn't I didn't pick up on that section, but I mean, he just went so he was so in awe of Pemulus's commitment to the lie.
1: You're right. Yeah, he was really impressed by the way that Pemulus just sort of st- stood the guy down. Um, but
0: then we find out later that Pemulus had uh, uh leverage
1: here, it's on page 783. Mm-hmm. Mike stands there and says, what if hypothetically somebody was downwind from substances and got exposed and so on, claimed vague memories of a poppy seed bagel? Not at all Pemulus's normal Rococo type of lie. This one had a sort of weary earnestness. The guy in the blazer said he'd go ahead and give us 30 days before a full spectrum scan. I don't
0: understand Ma- that.
1: Mike had, Oh, and the, here's the leverage, at all, if anything. Mike had pointed out that there was was an enormous lady for a moment due to arrive and snuffle around, making it a really unfortunate time for any outside chance inadvertent scandals for anybody. Um, it was like the guy needed hardly any prodding to give us time to clean out the system. Mm. So, the you know, steeply as the reporter right. is writing the story. And so I guess the leverage he's using is, hey, maybe we have just a little bit of, you know, maybe we smoke to just a little joint or two. And there's this reporter coming. You wouldn't want a scandal, would you? cool give us 30 days
0: you know what i'm gonna say that wasn't clear okay i
1: stand by that oh yeah you're never gonna see me standing up for david foster (laughs) wallace on the clearness (laughs) so on page 780
0: is it uh wait we're on the 780s already we are oh because i have some notes give them to me uh Page 751. Pretense that overt eccentricity was the same as openness. I guess I like that line. Mm. It was about his family. Okay. From Joel. That's nice. And uh, do Benson and Hedges have a smell?
1: Hmm. I guess that's a question. Yeah. Can, if you're used to different cigarettes, can you tell the smell? Obviously, things like menthols and, you know, have a very distinct smell, but the different... Can you tell the difference between a, a camel and an American spirit and a and a Marlboro? No.
0: Yeah.
1: I guess I can tell the difference between a... I've never been a big smoker. I've never been a smoker. Used to be around people who smoked a lot more. When every, all of us were around people who smoked a lot more. A In lot more. Bars. In bars. I used to go to bars where people smoked. I feel I can tell the difference between a good cigarette and a bad cigarette. Hmm. That there's a difference in smell. I don't know. Well, so I wrote a note on uh, somewhere in here. Let's see. Okay, so somewhere in this section where Hal and Mario are talking, uh, there's uh, it takes us to to um, note to end note three twenty one, and I wrote down thanks for the end note and because it was a really long endnote and I but I was wasting my thanks for an endnote because a couple of pages later there is an endnote that is just an endnote <laughs> a, a section ends and it is simply the tiny letters 324 in the middle of a blank space in the page and it is not an endnote on anything
0: no.
1: it is just a like you can go read this if you want.
0: Oh, you think it's a suggestion?
1: Well, I mean, I guess that leads to the whole question, right? Of like the whole thing about the endnotes, right? How one interacts with them is do you do you listen to the endnotes? Do you read the endnotes? Um, you know, while you're going through, um, or do you read them afterwards? Right? They would do be people out of, do that. I don't know, but I'm just you know, like, Seriously. what is the function of an endnote in in norm in a normal book and in this book? And this point, it taunts us, right? It's just like, you're gonna, you have to go read this end note, <laughs> right? Like, an but end it note. It was a good like, end
0: note, wasn't it? it wasn't was it the a, one with uh, the roommate?
1: Yeah, so we're, so it's it, this and then the same exact thing in another uh, seven pages. There's another end note that's just in the middle of anything. They are both um, like uh, six page sections about pemulus getting kicked out of school because he's um yeah. because he's uh uh going and um
0: what did i can't remember now why he what did he, do? he oh oh because john wayne accidentally took a upper
1: right so john i guess it's a combination of something pemulus did and something he didn't do and the thing he did is he put a put a prank or you know put a notice or flyers or something about hinting at John Wayne and Avril's yes. relationship. And then simultaneous with that, it looks like somebody else took one of Pemulus's uppers and gave it to John Wayne, who went on a rant on the school PA system. And, and everybody thinks heard... that Pemulus did it, especially because of the, because of all the pranks he's pulled. Yeah. And so he gets kicked out of school between those two sections
0: and mostly it was listening to this student make fun of all the other students yeah
1: so so there's nothing i mean i guess it's just you can't hear my shrugs, but yeah yeah it's 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 like there's nothing there's nothing that keeps there's nothing more or less compelling about those two six page sections than any of the other stories you know if no, those I are, if you didn't I feel read those
0: like the second one we learn a lot of information
1: well we learn a lot of information which means it should be just in the book uh, it should be in the main oh, it's experimental it's groundbreaking oh. did we talk about the audiobook last week no so um way early sort of speculated out loud like what is there an audiobook for this and what does that sound like and what is the end notes and I actually did research, I guess, this week and found out there is an audiobook. Who reads it? Uh, somebody who I guess is well-respected. I don't remember who. I could look it up. Um, Johnny Depp? You're Johnny Depp. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> but they released the first one. Maybe we did. They released the first one um, without just the, the – It's it's unabridged, so it's 58 hours. And, um, and they released it with a PDF of the endnotes. So you were supposed to listen listen to it, and then a different voice would say the endnote number, and then you're supposed to pull out this PDF and And, read it. But a lot of people, of course, who um, are reading listening to audiobooks, are either like people who like to are driving where they can't pull out a PDF. There are people who are blind so they can't read the PDF. Um, So they a year later in 2013 they released it with an additional 7 hours of
0: end notes.
1: which are the end notes so which but also that like how do you that would have to be so annoying that you're listening to this audiobook i want
0: to see the sales number on and that it one. says
1: like you know <laughs> it says ding 128 and you pause it switch to this different audiobook
0: oh
1: press play And it says that's
0: how it works.
1: Well, that's how you would have to do it. Or what do you have a separate iPod that has the end notes, and you pause your main your iPhone? You pause your iPhone, pull out the iPod, you listen to, and then ninety percent of the time, it's going to go, Bing, one hundred and twenty-eight, point of view. (laughs) You're like, ah. So you pause that go back to the other one.
0: So I'm going to theorize. I mean, like, why would they even release an audiobook? Is there a demand for it? Uh, Do people actually buy it? Uh, Is it something just for diehard fans who want to experience it in a different way? I don't know. These are all my questions.
1: You can go to sleep to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that's my idea.
1: Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Are you <laughs> drooping
1: no i'm we're gonna we're gonna power through this. I think we skipped over it, but Johnette at EndNote is subbing for Gately on night duty.
0: She sends Hal to the wrong
1: and she sends hal well, we don't oh, know she, she yeah she gives him an some
0: outdated booklet an
1: outdated booklet or
0: something that sends him on a wild goose chase to a meeting.
1: I wrote down Hal question mark visiting because it wasn't 100% clear that it was Hal because like, it's from her perspective, so we don't know who it is, but I was like, this is probably probably Hal, and I was right. Uh, oh, in EndNote 324, there's a little thing about John Wayne, the tennis player, not the uh, actor, um, that actually came up in some other context, uh, and maybe my brother was referring to it, but the the phrase... All right, I can't find it, but I'll just say it. That John Wayne was a sock and a shoe and a sock and a shoe kind of guy. Meaning he put on one sock and then that shoe
0: and then one sock and was then that shoe. Was that a reference to people's socioeconomic... I can't say it. Socioeconomic status. Wasn't that... It, it was referring to like poor people versus not poor people?
1: I thought it was just referring to just that... Oh it, it comes up because uh Pemulus, Pemulus puts on his shirt uh head first. Head first and he says the upscaler kids here all did the armholes first, then they did the head. You could also oh I found it. You can also tell the scholarship kids, but for some reason they put on a sock and a shoe and then a sock and a shoe. See for instance Wayne who'd been in their room right after lunch when Pemulus had made the decision. Um so Wayne's a scholarship. Uh, yes, yeah, a scholarship kid. Because he's so talented. Um he's there on scholarship. But so I don't I have no idea how you would like why someone from a different Yeah, it is it is an indicator that, or he's claiming it's an in Pemulus <laughs> is it claiming it's an indicator of uh socioeconomic status that you put on a sock in a shoe and a sock in a shoe. My brother were talking about like do you, is have you ever seen anyone put on the sock and then it, the shoe on that foot, and then the sock on the other foot, and then the shoe on that foot. I've that tried. Most people put on. Well, what do you do? Maybe I've
0: tried to do that to my son. Sock shoe sock shoe, and get yelled at.
1: Mm.
0: Both socks first.
1: Both socks first.
0: What were you saying?
1: I so said the only time I I do that is at the gym, when I'm doing a little dance to try to not have my bare feet on the gym tile floor.
0: Oh yeah. Oh well, maybe that's it. Yeah. It's a cleanliness thing.
1: Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, sock and a shoe. I just wrote down sock and a shoe. Don't need to get stuck on it. Keep um, <laughs> moving. And, and then <laughs> uh, unspecified services are interrogating uh, Molly Notkin, who is who was the host of the party where Joel Van Dyne tried to commit suicide.
0: Was that in a note or was that a section? That was a section. Oh, I thought that was an end
1: note. No, that's a section, and oh. it's a it's an interrog an interview. That's you know an interrogation. But I
0: thought it was really interesting.
1: Well, she's got. I mean, this is this is it's all from Molly Notkin's perspective. So we have no idea if it's accurate or not. But it's super exposition heavy, right? We learn a lot, but we don't know how much of it we can trust. But. Because we don't know what she knows. Like, for example, there's a description of what the contents of the entertainment might be.
0: From Joelle's perspective.
1: Well, from what from what Molly knows of what Joelle told her about it. Yeah. So, I don't... Oh,
0: okay. So, you're... Okay. I see what you're saying. I guess I was sort of like, why would you question her? But she speculates on, like, sexual relationships and stuff.
1: Right. So... So I don't I mean cuz if this is an accurate description of the contents of the entertainment I mean then it's super weird of how it could be so capturing that like, it's Joel looking pregnant leaning over the camera and yeah telling you about death
0: yeah yeah all right uh, okay
1: okay yeah lots of exposition but unreliable uh, and this is also where we find out the story of Joelle getting splashed in the face with acid.
0: That wasn't a note.
1: That wasn't an end note?
0: I'm, I'm, <laughs> I felt like both those long end notes were like, worth it. Was that not an end note?
1: No, I think the end, the long end notes were both all pemulous. Oh, okay. And, and we learn... So we also learn that... I mean, again, from Molly's telling of the story, but we learn that her father was obsessed with her and S and Joelle's father was obsessed with her in love with her. And as she began to become a, an adult sublimated that by specifically treating her like a child in order to not, in order to not be incestuous. I mean, which is a weird, like, yeah. and then this all, and the fact when Oren is there visiting, this all explodes. And the, the mother is fi- a fire plug shaped and toothless. Like, it's all just, I wrote so, so much. It's yet again, <laughs> it's like,
0: take Why, out four details. What happened that made the mom freak out? And she's well, like, the, enough, I can't take it anymore.
1: Well, that the mom has been, I mean, explicitly as a, we, oh, we learned someone here dad like.
0: dad was upset because Orin was sleeping in her room. And
1: then the mom. Is that it? So that the mother has been distant for years, right? And that when uh, there's some, it's it's mentioned explicitly somewhere in here that like as a child, at one point, Joelle's father said, "I'm going to the movies with Joelle, and I'd rather go with just her and not you." Like explicitly said that to the mother. I think, and I think that detail is, Joelle mentioned that detail as well in her in her memories when she's cleaning, right? So we mm-hmm. can trust that detail. And so the mother has been distant from the father for years, silent and distant because their relationship is super strained because she can tell something is wrong that they haven't and I think it'll mention somewhere in here is like they haven't had sex in, you know, years. Like um oh it's, it's explicitly mentioned since Joelle first began to menstruate is when they stopped yeah so it's just so like uh, it's just so much it's
0: yeah
1: <laughs> the um, mother explodes and then they go down to the father's acid workshop that he happens to have in the basement
0: his low ph
1: yeah low ph which is acidic
0: stated yes, multiple times multiple <laughs> times
1: and uh the mother tries to throw acid at the father and he ducks and orrin ducks as well and Joel gets it all in the face.
0: So, am I to understand that that's when Oren broke up with her?
1: Sometime, I I think somewhere in here is like sometime after that. Okay. But not not that moment. But, <laughs> but, but after that. Yeah, after that. He he bailed. Yep. And then so we get another one of those those footnotes in the middle of nothing. And then so then here's a here's a little you know, you said you kept ra- reading. So Hal tries to go to a, uh, a a narcotics anonymous meeting and he drives out to the suburbs and he goes to a building that's feels very empty and he walks around it and he finally finds a room and there's some guys in there, some burly guys holding teddy bears and they're doing some sort of, um, you know, uh, some sort of group therapy or something with uh, teddy bears and affirming the, each other. And they are right at the, so right at the bottom of page 801. I stopped reading, <laughs> so it's only halfway through the story of whatever's going on. Um, so, I assume this is not actually a Narcotics Anonymous, meaning that something's gone awry with his out-of-date. That is oh, photocopied. I give lit- you a
0: spoiler. It's fine. I it's nice spoil- It's just a
1: spoiler. It's a spoiler. <laughs> a spoiler for the next five pages is not really a spoiler.
0: And it's not, I want to say, skip it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, all right, it's not a meeting. He wrote, ru- yeah. It was, yeah.
1: It- is he trying, I mean, is it one of these where he's trying to be funny about uh, how crazy this meeting is that Hal
0: probably, wandered into? Probably, it was probably like I'm gonna poke fun at this, and it's just dumb and boring, and probably doesn't lead anywhere.
1: Okay. So.
0: Because I read to the end of that. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, "Oh, it's boring again. I can't keep reading."
1: So, and then that's it. I mean, for me, that's it. Of like, right in the middle affirming Kevin who's holding his teddy bear I don't
0: know I guess I'm 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 tired right now but like as we were going over that section about Joel getting the acid like is there more to it than that like are we supposed to like get more out of it than parents mess you up <laughs>
1: <laughs> parents mess you up parents you know what it is about parents they just don't understand mm. Mm.
0: or something about mothers hating their daughters or I
1: don't know. That's something Joelle calls out is like um when in Joelle's section where she's met, remembering Oren's family, she's like, "Ugh." Oren is like, "Oh, she she's when I say like she's really harsh on him when she first meets him or when they first start going out and like he's telling her about like, "Oh, my my dad doesn't understand me." That her whole attitude is like, "Ugh, gross." Like, of course nobody gets along with the same-sex parent. Uh, th- I've never gotten along with my mother, but she just sort of, she doesn't say that out loud to him, but she just endures his, she's like, uh, he's just wheezing on about this. Like, yeah, like, uh, nobody gets along with them. <laughs> They're like. The uh, so of course your male, you and your male father, like don't get along. Cause nobody does.
0: Do you think that's true? No,
1: I don't think that's true. There's different dynamics in every family about that sort of thing. And, I get along fine
0: with my father. It seems very common, though, to have that same-sex conflict. Mm. Do you think? Maybe. I do.
1: Okay. Sorry, Kate's Mom. (laughs) Calling it out.
0: (laughs) Well, we don't have to worry about anybody hearing this. Oh, yeah. Because... What episode are we on? What, what number podcast are we on right now? Uh,
1: this will be episode 11.
0: You know, good for you if you're listening. Yeah, thanks.
1: Thanks for sticking with it. Yeah. Or if you just tuned in to episode 11 of this podcast about a 1,000-page book.
0: Well, some people just want to jump to the end. Sure. Read the last page. Yeah. First, mm-hmm. oh, we should do that.
1: Read just the last page
0: right
1: now. Oh no, spoilers! <laughs> There's a spoiler. Are you gonna do it? You gonna no, do it? You gonna read? Oh, you're not doing I'm not it. gonna do it. So for next week, you want to read a full week? Yeah. Okay. So next week we're gonna read to page 875. So I'll call it here. Any any wrap up thoughts? Mm, no. No. All right. Great. Uh, no wrap-up thoughts from, from us. Uh, we're just done. We're right in the middle of an encounter session. Um, and uh, next week we'll pick that up. Thanks to Noah Jennings for our theme music. And uh, thanks to Dave Stinton for the name. Uh, you can always find these episodes at terriblephotosofpeopleilove.com. Uh, if you send an email to podcast at terriblephotosofpeopleilove.com, uh, it will go to an email address.
0: Have you gotten any emails? No
1: so well i I guess we've both gotten you know i get texts from my brother and we have both gotten emails from erica but she knows our real email addresses so she just sends them to both of us um so
0: she's only texted us
1: oh maybe that gets maybe that's fine text email whatever (laughs) it all comes in on my interlace uh console and so we
0: interfaced yeah I was getting the Fantods. Fantods?
1: Yeah, you got the Fantods this week.
0: It's happened to me before, too.
1: But now you've got a name for it.
0: Now I got a name for it. I will use it.
1: Yeah. Sounds and
0: say it loudly and look around and see if anyone makes my <laughs> <Notice. that> contact.
1: <laughs> Why? I'm having the Fantods here. Do, would you? Here's a question. I mean, given our, our relationship with the imaginary people that we've constructed in our heads who really enjoy this book. Yeah. Given the imaginary people we've constructed in our heads who really enjoy this book, if you were experiencing the Phantods and you looked around a room and said loudly, I'm experiencing the Phantods, would you want the attention and sympathy of the people who knew what that meant?
0: Well, it might um, cause me, distract me from it because I would be so impassioned about wanting to know why they read this book. I'd be like, wait a second. I have, I I construct. I I've thought about this because I have questions in my head. Like if I meet somebody, I'm like I'm going to ask all these questions. Just background. Like give me background about how you read this book because I want to understand when and where and how. Yeah. Well,
1: wow. so if you should be do you want that question out there to the world? What? Do you want to do you want people to tell you how And where and why they read this book?
0: You know, not really. Because (laughs) I mean,
1: that whole thing I just said about (laughs) wanting people to tell me how they read the book—you, I only want this to happen if I'm experiencing—if I'm experiencing the sense of dread and despair that could be called the howling phantods, and I'm in public. (laughs) (laughs) I might then exclaim, I'm having the fan tods. And then when someone responds, then query them about their relationship to this book. Do not email us unless you know that we are currently experiencing the howling fan at the moment you email us.
0: In my head, no one answers me. But in real life, someone would answer me. And then after that, they would want to debate me. If we disagreed, and I, if you're a nerd about this book, I'm not going to be able to debate you on it because I'm not good at that. Like, I'm not good at like going toe to toe about different issues, you know, like Mm -hmm. debating,
1: (laughs) debating, going toe to toe (laughs) about different issues, which we might call debating. You
0: might call it debating. But, uh, so I don't know. I'm still tired. My eyes are watering. You see that? I water when I'm tired.
1: Are you weeping because of this book? Mm. Or just because you're tired? Tired. Okay. Say it's because of the book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's a, a a topic for a different day is uh, it, debating people and setting the grounds. Whether you not debating people. Anyway, I'm not making any sense. <laughs> so that's a great place to cut it. <laughs> hey, all that stuff I said before, it's still true uh, about this podcast. Uh, See you next week.